This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers Standard, more like Big Ben Standard lately. We are going to rip it up with all the Big Ben talk you could possibly handle over these next couple of episodes, if probably big, over these next couple weeks. If it's the Big Ben Standard, does that mean it's the greatest of all time? It's the greatest of all time. That's right. In Steelers history, I think, at least for sure. And I would say, how dare you trap me with such a, a question like that right off the bat? I, I now I have to you? assign him goat status right away. If we're well, two minutes I, in, I, I mean, would say, I would say he's the greatest Steeler quarterback of all time. I agree with that. I would love say, you, Terry, but sorry. I would say he's the second most important Steeler of all time, mm. behind Joe Green. That's spicy. I like it. And probably uh, this one's tricky because uh, there's so it's many. It's like pulling teeth now for you. What about the best offensive player in Steelers history? Mm, I'm gonna allow it. I'm gonna allow it just because it's the most important position on the offensive side of the ball. You can have all the great talent you want, but if you don't have that QB that can slang that rock to the talent. What do you really have? Right. You have the San Francisco 49ers is what you have. Who are in the NFC Championship <laughs> So not game. T- against a team that they're 6-0 against in the last three years. But I've got probably the least amount of faith in them to win the Super Bowl right now. So that's what you get when you get the average quarterback. I, so. I would definitely assign him as the greatest you offensive base, player. You base your likelihood Joe, of success on a quarterback. Mean Joe, defense, Big Ben's got the offense. If we're drafting, if we're playing captains there. Wow, yeah. That's what that's what I would go with. Yeah. And Terry's just a very, very close second to Ben Roethlisberger. And then, I mean. Terry's probably pick number three. There's skill position players popping out of drawers yeah. from the Pittsburgh You can't Steelers. go wrong I mean, after those three. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's just the guy who, I mean, honestly, I would just, if I'm if I'm going first, I'm taking Joe. Because then I'll just take whichever quarterback I don't whatever get. Whatever quarterback I don't get. So when then I, I get when Joe that pick comes back around, I get the quarterback. That's a smart strategy when we're playing Steelers fantasy football here. We, maybe we should do that one That's, episode. You know what? We have an off season ahead of us. Don't I get first we? pick. We have an off season ahead of us to, to round out a team, don't we? I get first pick. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl runs in this episode, and we're going to talk about the seasons the, the that Super he had. Runs that we know. Well, I mean, in our era, I meant the, the Ben ben's Super yeah, Bowl runs because yeah. it's the Big Ben standard. Just now. to clarify, no, we're gonna go, we're going back to the seventies here to show us where the roots we're hopping really in started. the DeLorean. We're going back. 2005, 2010. 2008. 2008, I'm sorry, excuse me. Of course, 2010 was the one that they ended still, up Still a great season. Still a great season the in, the regular, in the regular season and the uh, AFC side of things. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, listen, if you get to a Super Bowl, that's phenomenal. You know what I mean? That is the standard for the Steelers. I mean, yes, you want to win, but for so many teams, like, look at the Bengals. I actually view this is probably, if you get to this weekend that's coming up as the ultimate NFL. Well, here, like so, in 2016 when the Steelers got there and lost, I still was like very successful. Well, especially when you consider they started that year four and five. Right. Finished 11 and five and then crushed Won the Dolphins in the first games, round. Yeah. Probably the, the only playoff when you can hang your hat on since the Super Bowl loss against the Chiefs in the second round, right? I would say that's that's, that's the, the case, only yeah. one you can hang your hat on. So, obviously— like Even the Bengals one, even the Bengals one in 2016, it should not have come down to that. The right. Chiefs win was great. You were the underdog. You won that game on defense, and you pl- did well enough on offense. It was a great game. It was a great game. And, again, I view that as success for that team. Sure. That's a good season for the Steelers. So— 2010 obviously did not end up the way that they wanted it to with a win, but you get a Lamar Hunt trophy and you get to go to the Super Bowl. So 
Still he did it a, three times. It's pretty good. And that was the third, all the way back to 2005, his sophomore season in the NFL. And before you get to the playoffs part of it, it was the fact that they had to win so many games Ooh. down the stretch to get into the playoffs. They were 7-2 and two heading into Week 11 that year, mm. and they dropped three straight to the Ravens, Colts, and the Bengals. We all remember how good the Bengals were that year. Maybe behind the Colts, was favorite to come out of the AFC because the Colts were number one dog for everybody. Yep. And then I think the Bengals were kind of that sexy pick, kind of like they are now, where it's Carson Palmer's playing great. You have the two wide receivers in Hushmanzada and Ocho Cinco, mm-hmm. although he was Johnson back then. It was a team, and the defense was young and up and coming. It was a team that people were like, oh, the Bengals have kind of figured things out. So Marvin Lewis was a... Wasn't the Marvin Lewis that we know, 8-8, eight and eight, Very seven, nine, young nine, and up-and-coming coach. Yeah. And a game after being 7-2 and two at Baltimore, going to happen, arch rival. Mm-hmm. You go to Indy and you lose significantly, going to happen. Mm-hmm. Best team in the AFC that year as far as the regular season was concerned. And then Cincinnati at Heinz Field, who you had beaten earlier that year at Paul Brown Stadium. They come in and win a really good high-scoring game, 38-31. to 31. So you drop three straight and you're at 7-5, and five, and... You're in trouble because the Bengals have got a pretty good hold on that division at that point and just had beaten you in a game head-to-head. It was dire straight. They absolutely had to win out to guarantee them a spot. If they had lost the game here or there, I'm sure maybe some help could have come along the way. And obviously being that that was over 15 years ago, I don't remember the exact scenarios in my head. But you win out, you guarantee yourself a spot, and they rip off wins against the Bears, the Vikings the Browns, and the Lions in order to get that job done. And Ben Roethlisberger didn't throw for more than 250 yards in any of those games. In fact, in the Bears, Vikings, and Lions games, he threw for less than 200 yards. In the the Vikings and Lions game, he threw for less than 150 yards. It was a different league back then. And the Steelers came away victorious all four games. And it's not like they didn't score. They scored 21, 18, they scored 41 against the Browns. That was the game he did throw for over 200 That was, what, yards. 41-nothing, I believe? Yes. And then they scored 35 against Detroit. So it's, he wasn't throwing for gaudy numbers, and they were still putting points up. It wasn't like they weren't scoring. It was just such a different league and different era back then. And he was really good at being that kind of manager-esque quarterback mm-hmm. when he was a, a second-year player. He also had... A, he played in an era of which running the ball was just as effective as passing the ball. Yes. It wasn't to the point where we are now in 2021 where teams really don't focus so much on the running back. They focus on the quarterback and allowing the quarterback to do whatever they want, whatever they can do to move the ball down the field. Teams trust their quarterback saying, hey, I'd rather move the ball efficiently time-wise and just productivity-wise through the air than I would rather do it on the ground. And think back to 2005. Ben didn't have just one guy behind him. He had two. Two very different pieces. And Jerome Bettis, the guy that could just stumble and get you that extra extra push on the line of scrimmage. Or Fast Willie, who could break it to the outside and bust out for a solid 20, 30 yards on any given play. Yeah, and Fast Willie was such a revelation that year for the Steelers. Uh, really off-the-radar kind of guy until he broke that big, I think it was against the Titans. Was that? Yeah, the Titans in game one. He had a huge run down the sidelines, and it kind of put him on the map, and mm-hmm. they found their two-headed monster that they He was just coming rode. into it in 2004, Ben's rookie year, but he really hit a shrine in 05. Yeah, he became a, a Pro Bowl caliber player then and really helped elevate the Steelers to 
those four straight victories and 11 victories on the season overall that got them into that wild card spot. Crazy to also think that 11 and 5 got you the sixth seed. Like 11 and 5 was just good enough to sneak you in. Should that really surprise you? Because last year we saw a 10 6 team not make it into the playoffs and the Miami Dolphins. It's just all relative towards the season. Sure. It's just, you know, this year. Uh, but 11 and 5 is one game better than 10 and 6, and that almost didn't make it for you. Right. And I'm sure there will be another circumstance where a team gets to 10 wins and gets left out with the seven mm-hmm. seed format. Uh, when Brady went down in 08, the year that the Steelers won their second Super Bowl with Ben. That happened. They went 11 they and went 5. They went 11 and 5 and got shut did. out of the playoffs. So it, it's rare, but it can definitely happen. Crazy because they had the exact same record as the Miami Dolphins, who won that division that year. You got to win your head to head matches. You're 11 and 5. You don't win your division. And you don't even get into the wild card. Well, fortunately for all of us, the Steelers were 11-5 and five and got into the wild card game in this season in 2005. And the 2006 playoffs, I mean, you want to talk about improbable run. run. They took out the number three seed, then they took out the number one seed, then they took out the number two seed in the AFC. And then in the Super Bowl, they took out the number the, one seed of the one NFC seed. side. Yep. So they took out the Giants all the way through. And... Some people who are cynical would like to argue, well, they didn't have to face Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady should have beat Jake Plummer then if he wanted, if they wanted to Great face point. Tom Brady. I mean, it's not like Tom Brady just like decided to hand it to the Steelers that year. He couldn't beat Jake Plummer in Mile High Stadium. It's a tough place to play, and Denver was a really good football team that year. Steelers just happened to go in there and kick their ass and, yeah. in the AFC Championship game. Uh, but what was your favorite game in that run? Because... Obviously, the Colts one sticks out because of the drama at the end, and just the it that has, was the biggest upset so out of all the upsets they pulled. That was the excluding biggest one. the 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 Super Bowl. It has to be the Colts game, right? Yeah, that's a good point because it's obviously the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is the greatest, but they all felt different. Cincinnati, you were down slightly early, but then Carson Palmer goes down, and then you just kind of run away with the game. You were down ten nothing at the end of the first quarter in that yeah. game. You were, facing you, a, you were facing a two-score deficit. And Ben but, Roethlisberger throwing three touchdowns in that game really, really set the table for not just that game, but for his playoffs until he got to the Super Bowl. And then the Indianapolis game comes, and you are the smallest version of a David up against one of the biggest versions of a Goliath. Oh, I thought they had no chance in this game. No chance whatsoever. Just happy to be there type of feeling. I mean, just a few weeks back, you got slaughtered on, I think, Monday, Monday Night, Night Football, Football in, right. in Indy. So there yeah. was just a, it was kind of like this year with the Chiefs. It's like, when well, we know what this story looks like. We just played it. Not the case, obviously, then in 2005. And then kind of the opposite. I remember going into the Denver game saying, there's no way they we lose this, this game. game. I don't remember an ounce of my being feeling insecure about that Denver game. Yeah, you know, Denver really didn't inspire much fear into you after you had beaten the Bengals and the Colts. You know what I mean? Like, maybe if you'd get Denver in the first round, you'd be like, well, Plummer's having a really good year. That guy can They could carry it for one game or so. Yeah, but since they beat the Bengals the way they did and then the amazing upset against the Colts, you're just coming off of those highs. You're just like, oh, pfft. Denver. I mean, seriously, Plum- we could be the, we, we just beat be, Palmer and Manning. We Plummer, just beat our like, division rival. And we'd be the best team in football. Yeah, we Who can handle we can handle the Denver Broncos, even if it is at Mile High Stadium. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. I mentioned the three touchdowns, no interceptions he threw against the Bengals. He was fourteen for nineteen, seventy three percent completion percentage for two hundred and eight yards in that game. 
I mean, just, again, a different era, so you ran the ball a lot more, but that's so efficient for a second-year guy who's playing in just his third career playoff game at that point to come out and have that kind of a performance. And then I think the biggest factor in the Colts game was his hot start in that game. Uh, Did he cool down later? Yes. His stats, 14 for 24, 58% completion percentage, 197 yards, so obviously things kind of tempered off for him towards the end of the game, but... The fact that he was able to put up points so quickly in that game and really punch the Colts in the mouth, he threw passes in the first quarter. The Steelers are up 14 to nothing before the Colts even know what hit them. I mean, and again, of course, the Colts scored three points in three quarters and 15 in the fourth quarter to make it a game as the Steelers kind of stalled out a bit. Mm -hmm. But that's exactly what you wanted to happen in that game. You needed Ben Roethlisberger to come out and put you up early. And everybody and their mother watching were like, you know, the Steelers, they're a punch in the mouth, old mm-hmm. school Jerome Bettis will play defense to win. And they come out passing because, you know what, for the first time in decades, they actually had a dude that you could put the ball in his hands and come out passing with. You didn't have to hide your quarterback for the first time since... Maybe you could say Neil O'Donnell in the 90s when he got to the Super Bowl, but there was a fair share of hiding him back then as well. That's that's kind of Jimmy G-ish, what happened mm-hmm. with the Steelers that's that a time. Great, that's a great analogy. You just so, out there. so the fact that you finally had that guy that you could let him loose, that, that, that was the difference there. If they go into Indy that year, say they beat the Colts with Tommy Maddox and they go into Indy and they keep trying to run the ball and it's not going to work against Peyton Manning because while the Colts are struggling offensively, you're not putting up any points and capitalizing. Right. With Ben, you put up 14 unanswered right away, and you let the you hand the ball to the defense and you say, "Hey, there's 14 points for you guys. Mm. We're gonna scratch our way towards another seven <laughs> or eight points." But do you think you can hit, maintain? And Porter and Palomalu are all like, "Dude, no doubt, we got you." There, there is so much, and that's kind of what happened this year with the Chiefs too. Like if they could have scored early. While the Chiefs were struggling, that that sets the different tone. But also, in addition to the T.J. Watt scoop and score. Like, if the offense puts up a couple touchdowns, too, and it's 21-3, to I still probably think the Chiefs would come back. back. But but it's a lot tougher for them, and it's a lot—they changed their game plan. And And that's what you saw them do to the the Colts. The Steelers feel a lot more comfortable up—not even 21-3. to You don't even have to go that far, but 14-3. to 14-0, to like they were in this Colts game here. You're feeling a lot better. However, I— as good as I remember that Colts offense being with Peyton Manning, and I believe Edron James was the running back at the time, but of course the stars were Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. Oh, of course. As great as that offense was, I don't know if it, it was better than the Chiefs offense this year. I agree with that because where the hell was Kelsey? I mean, Dallas Clark was great, but he didn't even wear gloves, and that was just a weird thing for me when he didn't wear gloves. But Kelsey is... A different species. Mm-hmm. It's not even the same animal. It's not like, the same. It's it's not the same position. No, it's a completely Frankensteined out new mishmash version of playing tight end, and I think it's the most important position, offensively, weapon wise. If you can get that kind of guy, they're fewer and farther between. Yes. Obviously, the Kelseys of the world, but eh, maybe the Steelers have one of their own, a baby Kelsey that's in development right now. It takes some time for tight ends too, so I think. Sure. Quick, but anyways, quick note on current Steelers: be patient with Fryermuth, even if he doesn't, you know, explode next Travis year. Travis Kelsey wasn't always Travis. No, Kelsey. it takes a little bit. Came out of Cincinnati. Exactly. Like he, 
he didn't go to Bama. He didn't go no. play for big schools. Like Penn he's State. he he really came on and developed late. George Kittle's another good look at George Kittle's freshman year photo from Iowa and look at him now. I mean, tight ends just developed later. It's just a different kind of different kind of prime for that position. Uh but anyway, back to the 05 run in and Big Ben. So that, that Colts game, Tom, there was just so much drama to it. I mean, you jump out to that early lead, and then Peyton starts to make his way back, and it all started, the drama started on the play of which the Colts were still down, I believe at the time, if I could do my math right, because they had to s- score that two-point conversion to bring it within three points to make it 18-21. So they were 21-10. to 10. Yep. They were driving. Do you remember the play of which there's a pass over the middle of the field Troy Polamalu defends it, or Troy Polamalu intercepts the ball, falls down, comes up, drops the ball, recovers the ball, and just goes down. You think the game is over. You think he he caught the ball, he went to the ground, he took three steps, and when he got up, he drops the ball, he just falls on it, game is over. Somehow, someway, Tony Dungy thinks, I could challenge this play, maybe... Maybe the, the refs take a second look at it, a weird look at it, which they do, overturn the interception. I don't know if you remember that play, but screaming I was at the TV. All at right, the, Yoda. At the, sorry. Screaming I was at TV. I was I, I, just <clears throat> livid. Livid. Livid I am. Everyone. Interception Troy it? did. Did you did, did It was you 100% watch, an interception. Did you watch that play and think in any, in any multiverse – that could have been ruled an incomplete pass. I was playing in a sixth-grade basketball game when the Indianapolis Colts and Steelers game was oh, happening really? that year, so I didn't see it live. But I've watched the game back a thousand times, and it was an interception as clear <laughs> as day. Like he literally got up, kind of like looked his head around like five times, did a football po- move, pointed, like was running Get up the sideline. Oopsie, dropped the ball, and he picked it back up. Yeah, it was. One of the worst refereeing calls I've seen, and and, then the, and, and then, really, really could have cost the Steelers not just the game, but sure. in hindsight, a Super Bowl. And then the Colts continue continue their drive. They score the touchdown. They get the two point conversion and make it a three point game. And then later on, the Colts get the ball back. The Steelers can't do anything with it. This this is all leading up to the the big tackle, but it's a third and long for the Colts, and then defensive. Superhero Joey Porter on back-to-back plays sacks Peyton Manning. But the man of the hour was Big Ben with sure, his big on play his tackles, on Nick right. Harper. But that's how the Steelers got to that goal-to-go goal situation. And it was only a one-play drive the Steelers had because on that first play, they lined up because they thought, okay, here we are. You know, it was third and long. Joey got the sack. It was fourth and even longer. Joey got the sack again. The Steelers were on their two-yard line. All they had to do was punch in with Jerome. And the very next play, after two back-to-back sacks by Joey Porter, it's going in. Ben had the best tackle of the game of the year of the Steelers franchise's history. Yes. As Bettis fumbles the ball inexplicably. Really, you look at that and you say, not only did Ben save the season in a Super Bowl run, he might have saved Bettis' legacy in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, he would still be remembered as a great running back. He would have been going to the Hall of Fame even if he didn't get that ring that year and probably would have still had the Bettis 36 restaurant. But, <laughs> but like, I don't know if anything could have saved that. <laughs> a lot of people would forever have in the back of their head yeah, but you fumbled the ball on the two-yard line when we had a chance to beat the Colts in Indy, and you let Peyton or you let Nick Harper go right back down the field, and then Peyton scored. 
if Ben doesn't make that shoestring tackle, I Bettis I think has a black eye, almost Buckner like in this town. Yes, as far as his persona is concerned, because and people forget that Buckner was a an All Star in Boston. A couple times he made the All Star game and a great defensive first baseman, and it's just the one thing that you get associated with when you have a gaff like that. So. Ben Roethlisberger, I'm sure this has happened before, but Bettis owes you a couple of beers. And Absolutely. I mean— A couple of beers, I would say beers on him for life. What kind of athleticism did it take for him to make that tackle? And also the awareness for him to know, he, I shouldn't run up back, to the pile right. to make the play. I'm not quick enough. He's backwards. just going to juke me away and, and stiff arm me into the ground. He immediately hightailed it back towards the middle of the field and was like— when I find my angle, I have to take it. And by the shoestring of God, he snatched Nick Harper and was able to trip him because Harper did do a little move on him where he tried to step sure. over, and Ben's reach and athleticism was just able to to trip him up a bit. But uh, of all the amazing things that he—I think it's so poetic that of all the amazing feats he's had, statistics he's had, records he's had, wins he's had with his arm, his best moment, I think, will forever be a tackle. And that's just so. Big I would bang. say second. That's uh, you're right. We'll get to that other yeah. Super Bowl soon. But I mean, that tackle, man. Yes, that no, without a it doubt, is so big, Ben. Too the, like it's, Super it's Bowl a forty three touchdown it's pass. A tackle number like, one tackle against Indianapolis. Number two, and I, we, you, and I have both in the in the last sixteen years have watched that replay of that play over and over and over. And the best part about it is watching the slow mo version of it. In, in the in the nanoseconds of time it takes for Bettis to get to the line, you the camera stays on Ben, and you just see him, as you mentioned, instinctively. He, he doesn't move. He just turns his body away from the pile. In that moment, you knew that he, he wasn't just a quarterback. He was a football mastermind in that moment. And I have a question, Tom. You, you, we, we can talk about the athleticism by Ben to keep in shry with Nick Harper, not get juked out as... He's essentially like running half backwards, half sideways to keep an eye on Nick Harper. If Ben Ben is still there but doesn't make the tackle, does Jeremy Tooman make the tackle? I don't know. Cause that's a that's something I, I That's I a just, butterfly effect ripple question there. But. I'm I'm glad we don't have to answer that question. But he is running close enough that he he is the assistant on that tackle. I think, yeah, you're right. When he gets slowed down, he's the yeah. first one that jumps over top huh? of him. If, if he's in open space, I don't know if he's fast enough to catch Harper, though. Also, a second question. How dumb is Nick Harper? He is himself and at least two or three other guys running in stride with him on the Colts defense with only Ben Roethlisberger ahead of him. Just hand the ball off to someone else. Well, Full bet a little bit. That's a tough one to think about in the moment. But, I mean, hindsight, you're right. That'd be a great play, but... He also was stabbed the night before, wasn't he? Like to, or, something or, or, happened, or a week yeah. before his like I forget his exactly crazy wife happened, or ex-wife yeah. stabbed him. So maybe she gets the assist on the tackle too, because maybe he lost about three seconds on his forty yeah. time because of that stabbing injury. Uh, then they go to Denver after they win that game, and Ben I think plays his best game of that postseason run. Twenty one of the best games of his of that season. Twenty one of twenty nine, seventy two percent completion percentage, two hundred and seventy five yards, two tutties, no interceptions. The score was twenty-four to three at halftime, so pretty you were much over. Good. You were feeling it good. was twenty-four to ten at the end of the third quarter, so you were kind of like, maybe. But then the Steelers scored ten more points in the fourth quarter to put the icing on the cake. 
Easiest win they had in the entire run. Best the most, game the Ben most played in the entire I run. The comfortable I felt going into a game all postseason. You know, it's interesting. There's one AFC championship game, and we'll get to that when we do the 08 run in the next episode. That was bite your nails off, skin of your teeth, mm-hmm. pull it out. And then the other two, this Denver one, and then the one against the Jets to go to Green Bay— Really stress-free kind of occasions. I mean, I know the Jets made it kind of hairy towards the end. A.B. had to make a big play to catch that first down to really extend a drive. Was it A.B. or it, it was, was A.B.? Not, not, I was thinking it was a young, Sanders. young, young A.B. That was a rookie A.B. Yeah. And that was when Emmanuel Sanders was the better receiver on the team at the time. He was mainly the punt returner A.B. Yeah. that year, but he made it a big-time play. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was the start of it all. The big ego Maybe. started there. But it's funny that you have two kind of comfortable AFC championship games sandwiched around the feeling of a Baltimore Ravens, oh my God, this was one of the best games ever kind of games. So, I would say, other than the Super Bowl wins, that Ravens AFC Championship It's the game. best win I could I can think back to. In my time watching the Steelers in the Ben era, that's the third best win. Well, speaking of Super Bowl wins, let's finish this episode at that Super Bowl stop, Super Bowl XL, Seattle Seahawks, Detroit, Michigan, NFC's number one seed, the Steelers kind of, you know, it was a boring game at the beginning. It was 7-3 at halftime. Tom, I'm not going to lie. It was boring pretty much the entire Steel- 60 minutes. If you minutes. weren't a Steeler or a Seahawks fan, you that was one of the worst Super Bowls, Super Bowls that you could have possibly it. seen. Ben played maybe the worst game not only of no, the Super he played, Bowl. No, he played the worst game of any starting quarterback to ever win the Super Bowl. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say maybe the worst game of his entire career. career. Yeah. 9 for 21. Two interceptions. Two picks. 42% completion percentage and only 123 yards. He did run for a touchdown, though. Did which he? Which is huge. Stop it, Seattle. Okay, so— Stop it, Seattle. So I have friends who still say to me, I don't know if San Antonio got two feet down. It's the same—I know. I hear that all the time. I'm. It's, do you watch this tape? His feet were it's down. It's so obvious. His feet were down— in Arizona, against Arizona, and it's the same thing with but Ben I here. But I don't know if no, they got in. into the end no, zone he was in. against Seattle. No, I really, no, to in. this day, I do not think he did. He was in. He was in the end zone. I'm not going to hear any of that slander. I, I do not know about that one, Tom. And Ben Roethlisberger didn't throw the touchdown pass that was thrown in this Super no, Bowl. No, he did not. That was Mr. Antoine Randall, Mr. Indiana Hoosier, uh, the old alum for you. How the about old, that? Do you know? Do you know Antoine Randall? has every major statistical record, school record, for Indiana quarterbacks. I mean, who else is there that has played quarterback? Yeah, I mean, but isn't it crazy? An NFL wide receiver holds that school holds those school records. A uh, receiver for, or a quarterback from Indiana threw a pass to a quarterback from Georgia. Yep. Heinz Ward it went. catches it into the end zone and does his little jump into the end zone. He oh. wins Super Bowl MVP. Uh the other big play in this game that I think it's overshadowed is Willie Parker setting the record sure. for longest touchdown run in NFL Super Bowl history. Alan Fanica talks about that play all the time. That's says, that's says Al, that that's Alan Han- Fanica's best Hanica's, play. Probably. Alan Fanica's best play. He says they ran that play in practice all the time, and he said they got to the line and Ben's checking into it, and Fanica's like, "Oh shoot, really? Like, okay, this I get is to it. go out and so do this." Pools absolutely uh-huh. clears the lane for Parker, and fast Willie takes to the house from yep. there. Um, honestly, huge, huge play in the moment because game was hanging on by a knife's edge. You needed to be that team that made the first big play, and the Steelers mm-hmm. were. I even before that though, uh, it was the first touchdown drive. There was no offense between really either team. The big offensive play that came first was 
Ben's wild scramble out to left that took way too long for him to get to. And then once he was there, he he just stood and kind of juked his arms a little bit for about four seconds before <laughs> he threw the ball down to the one-yard line where Heinz Ward somehow made the comeback catch against, I believe, one defender, if not two guys. And then a play or two later, three plays later, was the Ben, ben touchdown run. Other than that, Tom, there was really no offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that game. The only time I can think other than those specific plays, the gadget play, the bent scramble, and then the fast away touchdown was towards the end. Jerome finally got the call, was able to ice the game. But even so, that wasn't really big offensive chunks. That was just Jerome going out doing Jerome things. Well, all said and done, the Steelers ended up winning their fifth Lombardi trophy. Mm-hmm. By beating the Seattle Seahawks, they became the first number six seed to go run the table and win the NFL championship. Ben Roethlisberger finished that postseason 62% completion percentage, 803 yards through the air, seven touchdowns and three interceptions. Say what you will about his performance in that Super Bowl. Overall, that's a great They do not get run. there without his run nope. in the postseason games leading up to that Super Bowl. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard, or the Big Ben Standard, if you will. We will definitely dive into that 2008 Super Bowl run against the Arizona Cardinals on our next episode, so make sure you're listening to that as we break down all things Big Ben as number seven hangs up a glorious career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opferman, and we'll talk to you next time.